Welcome to the NewTubers Podcast, the premier small YouTuber community, helping up-and-coming channels improve through critiques, feedback, and cooperation. We teach you how to start, build, and sustain your YouTube career. Now, without further ado, let's begin the show! Hello and welcome to the NewTubers Podcast, a podcast aimed at helping new YouTubers do the very best for their channel. You're a small YouTuber who wants to improve. We are the podcast for you. Today we're joined, as usual, by Grand Sage Moriarty. Well, hello there. And the podcast godfather himself, Big K from Little Big Gaming. Hello. Unfortunately, we couldn't be joined by His Highness Spontaneous today. Um, and I'm here too. <laughs> so today we're t- so today we're going to be talking about common mistakes new tubers make. Coming up in the show, we'll be discussing how to present your channel to the public, and a few pitfalls people often make there. Uh, how to properly prepare your video for release. Simple habits to turn editing into a breeze, and the do's and don'ts of promoting. First up, we'll be discussing presenting your channel to the public, which I'll be talking about. So. Your art and thumbnails are the first thing that people see when they click on your channel or your videos. Um, be it your thumbnails or your banner, your avatar, whatever. It, it's the first impression people get um, before they've even clicked on your video and got a first impression in that. And, you know, first impressions are really important. So we'll be talking about, like, thumbnails, the art that you use for your um, channel, like your banner and your avatar and on your socials. Um, so, like on like Twitter or Facebook or whatever, I see a lot of people um, that use like different avatars and different icons and different banners and stuff on Twitter than what they use like on YouTube. And I don't mean like they modify it to fit the format. I mean like they completely different art style, coloring, whatever. Um, So that goes on to like the first point I was making, which is using a consistent brand, right? Um, You want to be like the same overall platforms. Um, I know you guys both do that. I also try to, although I haven't really got a brand or art style yet. Um, I was just going to move on. I haven't got a brand of art style, but if you're not good at art, like me, kind of keep it as simple as possible. Um, GIMP 2 is like a really good free software that you could use um, that's quite easy to use, but if it's too complex, paint can be a powerful tool. I, I think you should qualify um, that as paint.net, not MS Paint. Yeah, um, paint.net. So if you're just it, going in there with MS Paint, you're probably not going to make a very good thumbnail. <laughs> I, word is more powerful than that. Word is more powerful um, than that. You know, I, I do want to step in real quick and say absolutely consistent branding is really, really important. It's super important because if I go to your Twitter and there's a big circle thing with an R in it and then I go to your YouTube and instead we've got Spyro the Dragon, it's not really going to make me know that that's the same thing, even if there's a link there. And uh, having that consistent branding is really, really important. There's kind of a golden rule in the marketing world, which is that somebody has to hear or see your brand or motto or whatever, your name... <coughs> at least seven times before they will remember it. So you have to say, hey, this is Rossi. Hey, this is Rossi. Hey, this is Rossi. Hey, this is Rossi. Rossi, 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 before they'll actually remember that your name is Rossi. 
And having that consistent branding just reinforces that and makes it a little bit easier on you. As people go to your Twitter, they go to your Facebook, they go to your YouTube or your Tumblr or your word thingy or whatever. You've got lots of different ways to continue to brand and consistently brand so that people will remember you. Okay. Um, I was going to ask the two of you, actually, um, because you've both done a bit of art. Um, What sort of what what programs would you recommend that you use um maybe ones that you can pay for ones that are free what do you think is good what do you think works what's beginner friendly or melt intermediate uh what have you guys been using i use uh photoshop adobe photoshop and i I have the full paid version i've been using photoshop for years and years and years and i I'm really comfortable with it, and it does a lot of really powerful things. As you can see, um, Moriarty's logo, uh, all done in Photoshop, along with uh, mine as well. Um, I really, really love Photoshop, and I don't think I will be doing anything else other than any other product from the Adobe um, uh, company. Okay. Um, What about you, Moriarty? I use a variety of different things. I tend to use Pixlr, which is online. It's um, sort of like a light Photoshop that you can just go to at Pixlr.com. I use that a lot simply because it's easy and I can use it anywhere. Okay. Um, I was going to say Pixlr I've used too. Uh, That's quite good. And also GIMP, which is GIMP 2. Um, is open source. It's completely free. Uh, if you want to try that, it's I guess kind of quite quite powerful and everything. Yeah. Okay. Uh. All right. So if you want to take a look at my art, um, that I'm using right now, it's quite placeholder and it's not very good. And I wanted to talk about that because I think it is like an example of sort of um good. Not sort of something that's not too great. So, like, from a visual perspective, it's meh. But, yeah. Um, I put on, like, two little quotes um, that I found that I'd got, like, a comment in the comment sections on Reddit, on Twitter and stuff um, that I thought were, like, quite funny. They're kind of self-depreciating and have, like, a, I don't know, go to my, like, cynical sense of humour and it sets the tone for, like, the comedy that I try to do. Um, The two pictures are just things that i often use in my videos um and the scrunch paper like it's like a very simple like placeholder type thing but i thought it is also i can be a bit messy in my channels and scrumpled paper might help with that across um but the real thing that i think is really not very good about it is that the text uh if you look at the text it's not very legible at all so um it's all quite scrunched together if you're looking at it on let's say mobile or anything like that you're going to miss some of the text um it's quite hard to read and the numbers 167 um it looks like i don't know one and seven basically look like they're the same so you can't you can't tell the difference which isn't very good uh i think it's quite poorly designed but i want you two to talk about your banners uh, if that's okay, or your text. I will take over for a minute. Uh, just to explain a little bit of, uh, you know, for example, my logo and, and the banner. Uh, I like really simple things, uh, and our logo represents that. 
Little Big Gamers is little M and big K, so circle with both our our heads there. Uh, and our banner is very simple. It's just our, our slogan that we have, and it's stay safe and game hard. So we like we like it to be simple. It's not too busy, so that people will remember. You know, if they see our logo, they're they're gonna see. Oh, it's little big gamers. That's that's a banner, and that is the purpose behind it all. Uh, there are other little big gamers or little big gaming on YouTube. So uh, as we grow in popularity, I feel that it's important that if they see our logo everywhere consistently, then they're, they're going to know, oh, it's that link I want to click. It's that channel I want to watch videos from. Okay. And what about you? Well, I, I do very similar to little big. Uh, I'm big on a minimalistic aesthetic so none of our none of our artwork is big and bright and in your face <clears throat> considering that we tend to appeal to a more mature gamer in the first place i don't really want something that looks like a 13 year old would like it i i don't really want that as a fan base because they're not going to watch my videos and they're not going to enjoy them so i want to appeal to the people who will immediately go, okay, this is the kind of people that I want. They've got a more refined aesthetic. They have a more mature look. They sound more mature. They're not screaming into the microphones. So I have developed with Big K, actually, most recently, uh, our brand to kind of encapsulate that entirely, to look like a more mature gaming channel. And all of our thumbnails, for example, have their different levels of branding so that you can tell exactly as soon as you see one of our thumbnails that it is one of ours and what kind of video you're going to get. So whether it's going to be a review or a gameplay video or a tech video or, or any of that kind of stuff, you can tell that immediately right away. And that's very important to me because I don't want any of my viewers who see my video popping up going, oh, I have no idea what this is going to be about. I like their reviews. I don't really care about their gameplay sessions. Click into it and have a three-second watch time because it's not what they expected. And I think that that's one of the, the nice things about the branding, and it's something that is very easy to do if you just spend a little bit of time in the, in the forefront setting it up that way to make sure that your viewers are happy with your branding and that your branding actually serves a purpose. Okay. It makes a lot of sense. So you've got like a foundation right. to use. Next, I want to move on to preparing your videos <coughs> for release, which uh, thinking about like the branding and the foundation that you use for releasing your videos kind of uh, segues quite well, even though we've done it very... Right, that's your first step. So the first step is definitely making sure that your branding is there because, let's face it, if somebody goes to one of your videos randomly and they decide that they like you, what are they going to do after that? They're going to click on your channel and they're going to look at the channel. And it has been shown many times that most of the subscriber growth and a lot of the overall viewer growth that people see comes from the channel page, not from a watch page. When you click on and watch a video, you go, oh, okay, I kind of like these guys. You click on the name and then you're at the channel page and that's where people decide if they're going to uh, subscribe or not. So, that's an important foundation, but obviously actually having the videos go up and be good is another big step. And 
while the content itself is always on the end of the creator, I can't say, Rossi, you need to do this, this, and this, and this, this to have good content. There are some things that you need to do in order to present that content well. And the very first things that you want to do when you're uploading is you're going to be thinking title, description, tags, thumbnail. Those are your four big things, right? After that, of course, comes your annotations and, and anything like that. But the very first things you have to have are title, description, tags, and thumbnail. And all three of these need to tie into each other really, really strongly in order for you to see the benefit that you really want. So when you go into a video, you should be already thinking before you even start making the video, what kind of video am I going to make? And therefore, what kind of title am I looking for? What kind of description am I going to be having? Thankfully for me as a gaming review channel, it's really easy for me to do a description simply because I'm going to be basically describing the game. And then finally, your tags, right? Those are all going to tie in together. And then on the very, very end is your thumbnail, which is, while not part of the algorithm, probably the most important human-related part of your channel. If your thumbnail sucks, nobody clicks it, regardless of how good your algorithmic titles, tags, and descriptions are. If you have a nasty, ugly thumbnail, which I think you've learned a couple of times, Rossi, um, if you have a, a bad thumbnail, people don't click it, no matter how good your algorithm is, right? I mean, what was that video that you had that issue with? Uh, it was Bugs Life, wasn't it? It was, um, I, I had like three iterations that I changed over time. It ended up sort of averaging out to getting the normal amount of views that my videos get. But um, at the start, I had like a really weird looking thumbnail where all the proportions were off, but it was in like the wrong aspect. And like five people clicked on it and I changed it to like um, something that was really boring, but still like it worked right uh, from an aspect perspective. And now it's kind of, I guess, got 60th views, which is what most um, normal reviews that I get get about 60 views. Have you ever experienced anything like that, Big K? Have you played around with your, your thumbnails after they've come out or before and said, you know, this just is, isn't working, it doesn't look right? Yes, and the results were amazing. Uh, I had Pokemon Brick Bronze, which was a series that we are uh, currently doing, and the thumbnails were, they were okay, uh, but they were not flashy enough. And we reworked the title tags, well, not the title tags, but more the uh, the thumbnail and the tags uh, to make it more presentable and make it flashier and, and a bit different than, than what you see usually for that type of game. And we started seeing the views racking in, uh, stop getting, uh, started getting top results for uh, for when you search for that type of video. Uh, and it was really good. So it really works, guys. Thumbnails, I'm going to be talking about it a bit in a bit, but keep that in mind. Thumbnails is key. Also with titles, description, and, right. and your tags. And they all have to tie in together. They really do. Because if you've got a thumbnail picture of a girl you know, who's looking really cute. And then you've got a title that says, have you ever learned how to fix your car? And then your description is all about the newest Marvel release movie. They're not going to, to gel well enough that people are actually going to click into your stuff. You might get one or two views, but as soon as they click that thumbnail that has that girl on it and then, Oh, Hey, the title says 
this is about a car, the description is about a Marvel movie, and the footage is actually some guy vlogging, it just doesn't work. So when you tie all of these things together, you get a complete package, and that complete package needs to be something that actually reinforces why somebody clicked in in the first place. So if it's a game review, like myself and Rossi, it needs to very, very succinctly say, in the thumbnail, this is a game review of this game. The title needs to say, this is a game review of this game. The description needs to say, this is a game review of this game. The tags need to say, this is a game review of this game. And when they all tie together that way, then you're going to see that benefit from putting everything together in the forefront. And that's really one of the more important parts of preparing is thinking about, I'm going to make a video today. What am I going to do in my content? And therefore, how can I relate that to a title? How can I relate that to a thumbnail? What kind of description and tags are I'm, am I going to be using? And the tags part is probably the least important part of all of those things is probably the least important, simply because no matter how good your tags are, if the title, description, and thumbnail don't actually pull anybody in, it doesn't matter what kind of algorithmic bump you're getting. Uh, so I, I've adopted sort of a style with my um, thumbnails now. It's not very well done because I'm not too good at art or anything. But um, I'll typically have some sort of background and then the box of the game um, somewhere on it. A character from the game somewhere on it transparented against the background and then just Rossi reviews um, in the same text every time. Which uh, that gets the point across, doesn't it? I mean, when somebody sees your thumbnail, they know exactly what it is. And that's really the, like, that's part of the beginning of of the promotion there, or I'm sorry, of producing and, and getting ready to promote your content. And after that, you've got a couple of very, very slight algorithmic changes that you can do. You can go in, if you're doing a gaming video, which I know that a large portion of our audience does, and I do as well, you can go into your advanced settings and actually set which game you're you're talking about or playing, which can help give it a slight bump when somebody searches for that game. You can go in and add in your subtitles. Now, adding in subtitles for me has resulted in a 2% increase in views and watch time. That's not huge, but 2% is 2%. So if you're willing to go in and you're already writing a script, something along those lines, there's absolutely no reason why you shouldn't be feeding that in and spending a few minutes just kind of creating your your subtitles there. Or at least go in and look at them and see if it's saying something completely wrong. I think, uh, Big K, you looked at one of my videos there and it was saying like, Baba, 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 or something like that. And uh, <laughs> yeah. that's, not, that's not what you want someone <laughs> reading. That was that was entertaining though. <laughs> and I'm glad I could entertain you, but I I really would rather have the subtitles be be correct. And I think again, 2% may not be a huge amount, but as you get larger, you can start to see that. Uh I'm a big fan of subtitles personally. I think that you should have them. I think that you should absolutely be promoting and and having um that kind of accessibility to people who are not able to hear. I'm a, I'm a big uh, proponent of that in games, for example. If we're talking about a game and it does not have subtitles, I will absolutely ding that game. So I think that's something that's really important and, and good to have, but it's not huge. And then you're finally going to start, once you've got your video ready, you're going to start talking about promotion. And promoting is... 
getting ready to promote it is more important than actually promoting. Knowing that you've got everything set up is way more important than than anything else. And uh, I know that Big K is going to be talking about more of the do's and don'ts of actually promoting, but I just kind of want to lay out there that when you're setting up all of this titles and tags and all that, you're actually getting yourself ready to know how to promote and, and know what's going to work and what isn't going to work. And uh, those thumbnails become even more important in that promotion stage. Then finally, one of the questions that we, we have here is what's the optimal time and when should you release your video uh, time and date? And I think that that's really, really dependent on your audience and your release schedule. So how important a release schedule is depends on how big your channel is. If you've got a channel that puts out a video once every six weeks, like some of the multi-million subscriber channels do, I don't think it matters if it's six weeks on the dot. You know, I think if it's, if it's six weeks and four days or five weeks and three days, I don't think that's going to change a whole lot. I think that uh, if you're a channel that's smaller and you're relying on current activities like the news, then yeah, daily activity is, is more important. If you're a channel like myself, where we actually have stated for several months what our schedule is and built it into the minds of our viewers to where we have our schedule is every even day. And if it's an even day, we're putting out a video. If we were to all of a sudden switch over to odd days or Monday, Wednesday, Friday, or some other release schedule, I think that that would be a detriment to us. But if you're not at that point, you don't have a set schedule, play with it. As far as optimal time to release, again, that's very, very dependent. The optimal time for Rossi is going to be different than for me. And that's because most of my audience is international, right? And most of his audience is almost certainly United Kingdom. Uh, no, that's actually not true. Uh, most of my audience is United States. Okay. So for him, then, he might be looking at two or three in the afternoon United States time, whereas I'm looking at 11 in the morning United States because I'm looking at the international viewers. So I wanted to ask, actually, um, is release time... Uh, so obviously, if you're doing like weekly or dailies, you're going to have a time, right? But is it too important when that time is? If, like me, you're doing evergreen content. Yes and no. And that's because of the way that YouTube promotes based off of your first 48 hours. So the first 48 hours and the first hour specifically are very important for how well YouTube thinks that your subscribers like your content. So you want to put out your content when most of your subscribers will receive it within an hour and actually view it. If that means that you're seeing most of your views at seven o'clock at night, then you should be putting out your video at 630 so that at seven o'clock people can watch your video. YouTube will see, hey, its first hour did really well and it will promote it. If instead you're putting it out at midnight when none of your viewers are out there, YouTube's going to go, hey, nobody watched this video. It's crap. Throw it out. <laughs> that's good information to have i didn't know about the first hour and first 48 hours so that's that that's good really good to know it promotes yeah, i go ahead rusty i'm sorry 
No, I, I was just going to say that I do notice that some videos have a faster uptake than others. Um, one thing is, like, to say I haven't posted. I've been, I've moved out. There's a different backdrop. You can see it. Um, so uh, I've been busy, so I haven't posted a video for three weeks. And this is, like, luck. Today, we're recording this, um, my most recent video went live after three weeks of not posting anything. And I noticed that that meant that, um, well, I don't know if it meant that, but, but the video that I released had a slower uptake than usual. Um, then normally when I upload a video, it sort of gets more views quicker than this one did. And I don't know if that's to do with me not having posted in a while. <laughs> It could uh, be could be because you haven't posted. It could be a lot of different things. Uh, the algorithm is funny that way, you know? It wants consistency, <laughs> and it wants view time. It wants session watch time. And it promotes the things and the videos that promote those. So the most important algorithm there, and we're not going to get too deep into the algorithm today, but the most important part of the entire algorithm is session watch time. And that is when somebody clicks on your video to start and continues watching other videos in YouTube. That's the most important part of it. So that first hour, if you have your emails going out, because they, you, you know, YouTube sends out emails and you've got your pop-up showing up on people's phones and you've got the, the little notification showing up in people's sub boxes and then they're clicking that video and they're starting a YouTube session watching your video in that first hour and they go out there and continue to watch YouTube videos in that first hour, you're going to get a massive increase. And that's why watch time is, or I'm sorry, that's why posting time, release time is important is because you want to make sure that the largest amount of your subscribers, the largest portion of your viewer base is capable of getting to your video in that first hour. And then coincidentally within the first 24 hours and within the first 48 hours, if you've got a, schedule where you're releasing once a week, well, you want to look at your demographics and say, okay, most of my views are coming on Saturday and they're coming at 10 p.m. So I'm going to start releasing my videos at 9.30 p.m. on Saturday. Okay. That way you can get that natural algorithmic bump. Looks like we all have homework to do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I got to look this stuff up. <laughs> The algorithm, man, it's a it's a funny beast, but it is kind of what it is. So I think that that's kind of the basics of preparing is getting all of that together and kind of knowing what you're going to do as far as releasing way before you actually release. But that also ties into your editing, right? So after you've got all, everything set up for release, well, you're good to go. You release it and then you start promoting. But before that, you're going to do your editing. And, and as you're doing your editing, you might actually start thinking about what you're going to be doing for your tags and your title and, and all of that. And I think that if we get Big K in here, he actually has a couple of really great ways that you can turn some of those editing problems that you have into a much quicker, easier process. Absolutely. There's definitely some simple habits that you uh, that you can employ to turn your editing into a breeze. There's 
a few of them in which I am working on. And you are going to see me pause a bit when I talk to you guys today because I'm trying to reduce the, the amount of times that I'm using filler words. So words like um is something that you probably noticed over the past uh, few podcasts. I'm using that a lot and I'm working on it so that I can make my life easier when I edit. Less cuts and that's that's a lot easier on you. I have seen uh, or read an, ar- an article from Harvard University on the topic itself and why and we use filler words and the tips and tricks on how to avoid them. And it was really interesting. We use filler words such as um, you know, so, and like when we are trying to talk too quickly. And that's, I'm sure there's other reasons why as well, but that is mainly the cause. So it's kind of like when we are watching a video on a very poor internet connection and it's buffering we're just doing an um at that point so the tip that they are giving is to pause think and then resume so that will help you do cleaner cuts it's not an easy task but believe me and I'm struggling with this myself, but I'm constantly trying to remind myself to avoid these filler words so that you can have a longer period of time during your video without having to do cuts and jump cuts and stuff like that. That is a good habit to try and and improve upon. uh, (laughs) I just did it again. Damn. (laughs) So so that is one. That is definitely one thing that you want to uh, try and avoid. Make it easy on you as well. So we all want to have all the cool effects that you can do in uh, video track layers and cool colors and some some weird jazzy effects to put additional entertainment in your video. But if it takes you six hours to edit your video, you'll probably get tired of it very quickly. So I think that it's best to work on that core uh, content that you want to produce and make it more seamless, make it better, less jump cuts, so you can actually spend less time editing and have a higher quality video that you're putting out. Another good tip is to learn your editing software. The more you do it, the easier it's going to get. And that comes with experience. If you just put one video out every month, chances are you're not, you're not polishing your editing skills as much as someone that goes in and, and produces a video every day. Another really cool thing when, to, when I say to learn that editing software, learn the keyboard shortcuts. Just that itself will save you tons of time. I mean, I'm a Sony Vegas Pro user and I know that S is for splice, use to ungroup, spacebar is to start and stop the video. So just by using the combination of these three keys, I'm reducing the amount of time I had to click everywhere on the screen to, you know, put the cursor somewhere, hit on splice, right click, select group, ungroup, choose a track and all that stuff that is just very that's purely a habit and once you get to uh when once you are familiar with all these shortcut keys it becomes so much more easy to to edit your video and then just hit that render button at the end so talking about simple habits more you already do you have any that you use consistently when you edit your videos Avoiding those filler words is probably the biggest thing that I find to be easy simply because of the style of video that I'm doing. 
I tend to not be speaking about anything that's specifically happening in a video at a specific moment. I'm showing just more general footage behind me and crypto talking about a game. And the filler words are a huge pain, huge, huge pain, especially if they're in the middle um, of a sentence um, where you're kind of, you know, running into, um, you know, different words and stuff. That entire portion of conversation is useless. It sounds terrible. And in fact, if you look at for me, at least, my watch time uh, analytics, I will notice that when we have ums, when we have those kind of filler moments, you do see a drop in viewership. So by removing it and working to remove it by doing whether it be the slow down and think or just changing those words, I am OK with listening to somebody say filler words if they're not the same filler word all the time, if they're not um. There are some people I think that I think that it is actually Big K who does the um you know you you know and that <laughs> that's okay as long as it's not every other sentence that you're doing those filler words. So that's really that. I know you do because I've I've actually edited one of your videos now <laughs> and um <laughs> so I'm well aware that you know you know you know and crypto does that too and I do the um thing and it's it's way easier if you have a space there that you're removing as opposed to trying to go through and remove ums from the middle of a sentence, which is probably the bane of my very existence. It's the worst thing ever. The only other tricks that I have for editing is, again, becoming familiar with what I'm doing and really simplifying my process. I have some things that I do consistently in every video, and therefore I have gotten those down to the most easiest, simplest way to put them in, even if it means just favoriting a particular transition so that I don't have to go looking for it anymore. Those kind of little little tiny optimization and uh, efficacy tricks are things that will improve the quality of your editing and improve your your time editing as well. I hate editing. So anything that I can do to make that edit just a little bit easier and a little bit faster for me, much, much better. How about you, Rossi? Good stuff. Um, so to start with, I have a general use folder, which is just things that I typically use in every single video, right? So I've got my intro in there, my outro in there, um, and I just, like, things like um, music that I use every single time. Uh, of course, if you watch my videos, Dr. Odegaardopus is in there. <laughs> um, just things I use every single time, just staples, right? Um, I just import that into every single project that I do. Um to save me getting them every single time and using them every single time. Uh, I basically have a file system with my editing so that I have the kind of quick access to every single asset that I use when I edit. And that's something that I would recommend doing. So um, for my next video I'm going to do, um, I have like a general, I'm umming a lot, I'm really conscious of that now. <laughs> <laughs> so, so um, like, yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, I've got the game title and then I click on it and there's audio cuts which is the video um, 
Oh, no, cuts to the video, sorry. Uh, <laughs> audio, images, <laughs> scripts, and video. There we go. And it's just a consistent file system that I use every single project. That means that I can get to each asset that I'm using uh, as quick as possible every single time. And there'll be assets that are just in every single project that I use that I can have really quick access to. So if you organize the import folder and your media that you use in your projects and in your editing software, you'll be able to find what you want faster, which will save time editing if you don't want to do that. And maybe, you know, you'd find footage that you wouldn't otherwise be able to find and stuff like that. For someone like me who isn't, like splicing clips but it's just doing tons of editing and finding um specific parts of games that specifically showcase the thing i'm pointing out or download memes from 2005 and stuff like that <laughs> i agree absolutely <laughs> organizing it and having a whether it be like a quick startup or a i don't remember what i call mine now i'm really really curious but i same sort of thing um absolutely having having that to where you're able to say here's my assets that i use every single video here are the assets that i need to have access to quickly once again same same idea behind favoriting a transition just having that there is really really helpful when i started it was just in my downloads or on the desktop that was and it got really difficult to find what i was looking for <laughs> the more assets you get, absolutely, it gets just it, it it's it's a pain after a while. So yeah, thank you for uh, for for that, Rossi and and Mori. That's great. So now that we discussed how to present your channel to the public, how to prepare your videos for release, and simple habits on how to make editing a breeze, I think it's time to discuss a little bit of how to promote your videos. So I'm going to give you a little bit of do's and don'ts about how to properly promote your content to your audience. So the first one is to learn, live, and breathe search engine optimization, or also known as SEO. Moriarty spoke about that earlier, but search engine optimization is how you're going to obtain some organic growth. But Big K, what's organic growth? There's nothing organic about posting videos on YouTube, and that's a great question. Thank you. Organic growth in YouTube terms is a bit different than if you look at it from a business perspective. While you can't really rely on mergers and acquisitions in the YouTube world, it is how you, uh, it, it is how your content gets found in natural fashion based on the metadata that you put on it. So we're talking same thing that Maury spoke about already. So titles, descriptions, tags, and thumbnails, everything tied together is really important. A lot of people don't put enough emphasis on their thumbnails, but look at it this way. If you have two identical videos for the same topic or same game or same whatever with a similar title, which one are you going to click on? You're obviously going to click on the prettiest one or the one that shows stuff that, you know, spontaneous would show like boobs and stuff. Uh, but that's the point. He doesn't right? show them, click... he just promises them. <laughs> right, but I'm sure you can promise stuff in thumbnail form. Hmm. Hmm. Oh, Something I got think a, about. a silhouette, big silhouette of you know, question mark <laughs> in the middle, silhouette of a girl. <laughs> Absolutely. So don't be afraid to experiment. 
even to replace old thumbnails, uh, I know someone that I worked on a logo uh, for, <coughs> Moriarty, that he went and replaced a hundred thumbnails for hundred videos, which is kind of insane if you ask me, but that's just the way it is. <laughs> so, uh, we all, we already know the workflow for, um, SEOs that Moriarty explained. So the second one that I wanted to touch on is really important. Being a content creator is not always sunshine and butterflies, but another do is to not ignore the feedback that you're getting from your audience. You can learn about, uh, you can learn a lot about what you need to improve by simply taking that feedback that you get from the comments. Pay attention to construction, uh, constructive criticism. On the other hand, sometimes it's going to get really ugly. So don't take the negative and don't let it spoil you. Yeah, don't let it spoil it for you. <laughs> Uh, this falls under a bigger topic, especially since, in my case, I'm doing this as a father and son. Uh, so, I won't expand too much uh, on this since it could be a topic on, the, on its own on a future podcast, but you need to be able to build on the positive and filter the negative. Not saying to disregard the negative, but learn from it and make the necessary changes from them. So you may have personal opinion on, on what direction you want to go in with your channel, but always, always listen to the audience, especially if you're looking to grow, because ultimately they are the one watching your content. And again, session, uh, watch time, all that stuff is really important to get crammed into the algorithm and, and promote your stuff better. I would mention so, that one of the, the change that I mentioned earlier, where I said that I had branded all of my various segments so that it was easy for a viewer to see and know immediately what kind of video they were getting into was actually a viewer suggestion. It was something where I had a viewer come to me and say, I don't watch any of your videos anymore because I only like this one type of video that you do. And when you put out videos, I don't know if it's that or not. And so since I don't want to have to make the decision and decide whether or not that is or is not the video I want to watch, I just don't watch any of them. Interesting. So thanks for that. I'll keep that in mind, and, and hopefully someone will step up and give me some feedback on my videos. <laughs> I know a place you can go. <laughs> Hashtag spaghetti. Now, Rossi, have you ever dealt with a negative comment that you took something positive out of and, you know, empowered you into making something positive out of it? We have been through this, I think. I have had so little negative comments. Um, besides me sort of sending, like, a draft copy to a friend and them saying, hey, you need to improve this. Like, I uh, completely rewrote a script after just sending it over to a friend and saying, hey, what do you think? And then he just sends back saying, this is good, this is good, this isn't, this isn't, this isn't. But I've never really got any negative feedback in the comments. Everyone's just being really, really great. Um, do you see, do you uh, see what I'm doing right now? I'm playing the world's smallest violin. I, I, I'm... <laughs> <laughs> Oh, uh, um, feel bad for me. I'm surrounded by positivity. How awful <laughs> um, for you. How terrible it must be. Any constructive constructive criticism. <laughs> I got one guy telling me to stop criticizing the things, Mr. Critic. That was it. 
<laughs> Mr. Critic. That's awful. Yeah, how about you stop criticizing things, Mr. Critic? And you're, <laughs> a, you're a critic channel, too, so that's good. <laughs> Why don't you just delete yourself at that point? That's, that's pretty yeah, negative, I, I would say. Yeah, but it wasn't constructive. <laughs> it wasn't constructive, but it was definitely <laughs> negative. <laughs> oh, that's good. And, and speaking wanted- of listening to your audience and, and grow, something that you need to do is engage your audience. So don't be shy to speak to them directly, along with other communities, such as YouTubers, for example. Ask people in your video to, add, to, to subscribe, like, comments, do stuff like that. That's a given. Now, it's not everyone that's as cute as my son, which I qualify as the main source of subscriber growth. But uh, you need to make it appealing, right? Just don't open the video by saying, hey, guys, subscribe. Subscribe now, guys. I love you. I s- Please subscribe. If you do that, then people are just going to get turned off. So try to make it appealing for people, right? Uh, out your card, uh, do something funny, uh, do it in your ending. Uh, that is something uh, important. Now, that's not necessarily engaging per se, but Twitter, Facebook, social media. We spoke about this on the previous podcast. Start discussions. For example, there's a trend box on the left-hand side on Twitter, right? You can see the most uh, tweeted stuff. Uh, you can have tailored, uh, tailored. I, I don't remember the term, uh, or you can customize it to your to to do your own by location and things like that. Use that. Do something personal with it, right? Share a story. Use a hashtag. It's going to expand the reach that you have and potentially people are going to start, you know, taking interest in, in yourself and your content and, and you can engage people in, in discussing all sorts of stuff and humanizing your brand. Uh, speaking of Twitter, there are various tools that you uh, can use to help grow your socials. Crowdfire, for example, uh, you can have daily prescriptions, daily reports, automatic direct messaging. And speaking of <laughs> automatic direct messaging, this falls as a do and a don't. The do is use it. It's a nice way to greet your followers with a message that, that's going to you know, tell them who you are and what you do. And it's a good conversation starter. However, don't write a novel. Don't beg. And if there's anything that I hate most personally is people begging. Recently, I got a DM from one of my followers asking to subscribe uh, because his mom would buy him a new computer if he reached 200 subscribers. That's guarantee I'm not going to follow you anymore. Also, speaking of direct messaging, don't send mass direct messages to uh, promote your video or channel. That's, again, that's even worse, I think. (laughs) I have somebody that I follow who will send out uh, a DM every time they put out a new video. And it is the most infuriating thing in the world. The only reason I follow them is because they're actually a pretty good viewer of mine, and I don't want to be offensive, but I have actually stopped looking at everything that he sends, simply because every other day or every three days, I'm getting a whole nother, I just put out a brand new video DM. And that's really, 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 really annoying to me. So absolutely, please don't spam me with DMs. Don't spam at all. It doesn't work. It may give you, it may give you a short-term bump. But I think that you'll see overall, you're going to get not only the platforms labeling you as a spammer, but the people who are actually getting those messages will label you as a spammer, which is way worse because now you're hurting your brand. 
Absolutely. And, and Rossi, do you have any tools that you use for socials? I mean, every time someone follows me, I auto DM actually. You uh, look at their DM? Huh? You look at their DM or you. I you auto send... DM okay. every time. So I, I feel bad about that all of a sudden. Um, it's not a novel, it's just like an introduction. And then I say I make videos, and then there's a link. Um, I don't think there's anything I, I, wrong with sending an uh, auto DM. Let, let me let me clarify that. I also send an auto DM, but I I send an auto DM that says something along the lines of "I'm a small YouTuber. Here's my channel link. Talk to me if you want." That's pretty much what I say. Uh, I also wanted to advise. You mentioned trends. Don't do what I did and start tweeting about the uh, U.S. debate at um, <laughs> 3 a.m. Okay, because I I do run a gaming channel, and everyone that follows me follows me like mostly in the gaming circle, and I got some unfollowers because you know I was talking about the Trump and Hillary debate. So you're getting political. Getting political. Yeah, don't do that. I'd advise against doing that. Now, I think we spoke about something like that in the last podcast where we were saying talk is a brand, and uh, I think. That's an example right there of how you don't talk as a brand. You don't get involved in things that are, you know, some of the Irrelevant. big three. What is it? Politics, religion, and sex? Are those the, the big three, I think, that you just don't yeah. bring up? Yeah. The problem is, is that my account, I treat it as a personal account, which has its pluses and its negatives. Well, then I so have the no sympathy is... for you. The negatives... <laughs> I mean, the positives, though, are that um, people will click on my shit, my stuff, when I post it there, because I'm not typically just, like, one of those accounts that's just like, watch this, watch this, watch this, watch this, watch this. I'm actually talking and doing stuff, uh, which I get you can do as, a like, a brand account, but um, I, there, there's, like, a person uh, behind it, I guess, which... No. It helps, especially nope. with things like Twitter. Not for me, man. No. I want my viewers to think of me as a faceless mega corporation. <laughs> <laughs> There's no personality I do, here. I, I do use automatic uh, DMs, and, and I need to rework it because it is quite lengthy. Uh, it just promotes our brand, what we do. It is a yeah. bit long, so I'm going to cut it down into a shorter version, but you'd be surprised to see the amount of people that just messages back and say, oh, yeah, I'm going to check you out. Treating it as in, I, I, I just gained you as a follower. I'm trying to initiate a conversation with you. They read it. They're like, oh, thanks, dude. I'm, I'm going to look at your channel a bit later. And they do. And I did get some subscribers out of that and also started some conversations and about gaming and stuff like that with other people. So it does work. Yeah, now, it's just... Yeah. It's I get a, that on a daily basis, yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. a matter of just refining it to the point where you don't annoy people by doing it, yeah. but you still want to do it. And I want to don't, point out efficiency there as well. I'm, I'm just going to talk right over Rossi. I do want to point out the efficiency <laughs> of it a little bit as well. I get about 50 new followers a day on Twitter. And I understand that that's not Lady Gaga levels there, but... That's too many people for me to individually pay attention to. And so the auto DM allows me to give them a slice of individual attention. And then the people who are actually interested in, in communicating with me, I can then actually spend time with those fewer people, which it may only be two or three a day, which is much more manageable for me. 
yeah, that's a that's a good way to uh, to see it. As you grow, obviously, you're going to get more followers. So that's a really good uh, a good way to see that. Now, there's uh we we covered a few do's, and there's uh there's another one before uh well two others before we start looking at the short list of don'ts because there's not a whole lot in my opinion if you do the right things and you follow common sense. One thing that's really important is to enable the comments. Um, that is usually enabled by default on your YouTube channel, and just take it. YouTube has a pretty decent spam filter, unless you comment about bug puns, apparently. Right, Rossi? <laughs> no, you're definitely a spammer, man. Definitely. <laughs> uh, you can control the, the comments, and that is beautiful. So you can allow your audience to start conversations give them your opinion and you can reply as well just to show that you are a person behind it all and you just don't push videos and and not answer anything so that's definitely a good thing uh embedding is also a very good thing allow others to distribute your content so you can use the the embed url that comes with each video that uh that, that you publish and you can use it on your website you can send it uh to blogs that that treats uh similar content to yours or want to spotlight you somewhere uh never be afraid to ask i mean the worst thing that's going to happen is you're going to get no as an answer or none at all so that is another good thing that you can do to promote yourself now there's some don'ts as well right and i some of them are again it's always following common sense don't spam don't spam. Don't advertise. <laughs> yeah, don't spam. Don't that spam. That is, I think, the biggest one out of the don'ts is don't advertise your channels, uh, your channel in comments. Uh, don't do that. If you do that, I'm going to give you a word of advice. Stop doing it. Stop right now. It is not fun. You're going to get reported for spam, and your 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 comments are not going to be published. Uh, apparently, I'm a spammer, right, Rossi? Too many bug puns. Well, he <laughs> Too is, many bug puns. He's a little spammy <laughs> to me. I mean, I can see it. I actually, I think I have five or six people per video that go straight to the spam folder. And some of them are actually making legitimate comments, but they have done it so much that they're just auto-spammed by YouTube. You get that on Reddit as well with the 9-1 rule, which will shadow ban you and you'll go ahead and post all of your spam 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 and literally no one will ever see it and unless you're not spamming no one's ever going to tell you uh, because moderators can see that nobody's ever going to tell you that you're shadow banned so you'll just you'll just not be able to use it to promote and that would be very sad uh i think twitter will also shut down your account if you look like you're spamming and all of these these various platforms are designed to promote content and create conversations because they want people to stay on their platform longer. So if you're out there spamming the hell out of them, you're not providing any value and those, those platforms will just remove you. Yeah, it was really odd for, for I think the only comment that was treated as spam. I don't know about you more because I do comment on your videos a lot. Do you have to approve them? No. Okay. No, you're not so, a spammer for me. You're just a spammer to Ross. He's the one who hates you. Yeah, I, uh, <laughs> I guess. I, yeah, I don't I know why. I don't... It, it, it is I funny. Think, yeah, basically, yeah. 
you got flagged as spamming on one of my videos just for making a random bug pun in a video about bugs life. Um, <laughs> hey, you, my comment was funny, okay? <laughs> yeah, that was weird. I don't know why that happened, but I, the, the system isn't perfect. No, it is. No. It isn't, and, and you know it's it's important to understand that. Another point that we already talked about briefly today is that you are a brand, and never forget that. Every word that comes out of your mouth and published on YouTube, it is there to stay unless you delete your video without having anyone downloading the video and, and publishing it somewhere else. So be careful of what you're saying. There are rules to the big three, so religion, politics, and, and sex. You can start you can trigger a discussion but i recommend not taking a side that way you can promote discussion you can engage your your uh, your audience by by triggering or establishing or just starting a discussion however you're avoiding a lot of drama by having for example the pro trumps against you the pro uh, clinton uh, against you and that can tumble and snowball very rapidly so for example, I don't know if you guys uh, watch the Philip DeFranco shows, but I think he does that beautifully. He always I introduces mean, a, a a topic, but he seems to never take a side per se. He is going to weigh in the pros and the cons for each sides, and he is going to leave it to his audience to comment and give them their opinion. And I think that is really good for engagement. Absolutely. And I think there's a, another point to be made there about advertising. And that is that while, yes, the keem stars of the world are getting quite a lot of views, keep in mind that they are also getting banned from YouTube. They are having their monetization turned off. They're not making money doing this. And on top of that, I can guarantee you that their RPM is incredibly low and their watch time is incredibly low. And they're being shared and shared and shared because of the outrage of the content, not so much of the content itself. Sure, you can go ahead and try to do that. And I know that a lot of people, a lot of new tubers are trying to follow the drama path to fame and glory. And I get that. I do because it looks like it's easy to just get up there and rant about shit and say, here you go. Rant, rant, rant. Hillary is the devil. Trump is the devil. Let's all vote spaghetti. I understand that rant and I get that and I know why you would want to do that because it looks easy. You can just sit there and be the nasty, angry asshole and pick up views and pick up subs and make money. But you're going to hurt yourself. You really, really will in that you're going to be found to be unadvertisable and therefore unmonetizable, which means you're not going to make any money. You're going to have just the absolute worst public relations out there. Ask people what they think about Leafy and Keemstar, and you're going to see that when they're acting this way, when you act that way, you don't have 4 million subscribers to where you can have a buffer zone of losing 50% because you said something that was incredibly inflammatory. If you're at that point, I don't know why you're listening to us. So, you know, the, think about... Yeah, okay, you can have you can have your opinion and you can say inflammatory stuff if you want to, but you you can also suffer the repercussions for that. Absolutely. For sure. Another big don't is don't skimp on editing. We covered a few uh, a few 
good pointers earlier on how to make it easier for you to prepare and to uh, get habits to get better at editing or that will ease the editing process for you. If you do not know how to edit, find some basic tutorials online. Again, YouTube is your friend. Uh, take some time to you know, prepare and, and render your video to your liking. Watch it before publishing it. Uh, if you don't do that, then you may have to, you know, wait until someone comes to you and say, hey, you know, you have that like three minutes of silence and it's just a black screen in your video. And that automatically you can get, you can kiss your retention goodbye. And also it's just going to be a matter of deleting that video and re-editing it, re-uploading, and it's just a mess. So don't skip editing take a good chunk of, or a good amount of time to make sure that everything is good. I follow two processes. I rewatch most of the video before rendering because rendering takes somewhat a lot of time if you do longer uh, let's plays for example. And also before publishing uh, to YouTube, I rewatch it again just to make sure that the audio levels are correct and things like that. Any comments on that Moriarty? Nope. Now I rewatch my videos way more times than I should while I'm doing my editing just to make sure everything flows properly. And uh, when I do have an issue, I've had a black screen in the middle of my edit before where it was just straight up here, 60 seconds that's gone. It's black. There's nothing going on. And uh, that, that really sucked. So absolutely spend, if you've got a 10 minute video, spend 10 minutes, It's 10 minutes, man. 10 minutes, watch your video again, make sure you're doing your editing uh, smoothly. Absolutely. What about you, Rossi? I don't think I've ever had that problem just because of just how much editing I do. But I'll say I'll watch the same one-minute segment over and over and just tweak it ever so slightly, constantly. <laughs> um, I never have the problem of skipping on editing just because... Because you love editing, nature. yeah. Absolutely, it's so much fun. See, I hate editing. I'm going to skimp on every, I'm going to cut every corner that I can in editing. I'm going to make it as easy as possible. If I can do a thing in one take and it's beautiful, guess what? It's one take and it's beautiful and it's out the door. <laughs> that's 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 good. And if you can work your way up to be able to do these videos in one take without doing any cuts and just you know adjust uh, your audio very very little and then just hitting that render button and just do the additional edits if you have lower thirds and stuff like that then it just becomes a lot more easier and it becomes more enjoyable because you don't have to spend an hour or two editing a video before you need to publish and then do the title description tags and thumbnails and on that guys i think the last don't that i have is don't give up very little content creators are overnight successes and you need to know your goals. You need to know your milestone. Determine what you want to do and how to achieve your goal. Be patient. Work on your content. Use the tools that are available to promote and engage your audience. And most of all, have fun doing it. Maury, do you want to take over with your Grand Sage voice? Absolutely. <coughs> Okay. <laughs> that was like a really bad front row. I tried. <laughs> I tried. 
Okay. All right, guys. So that is the New Tubers Podcast Point Three, where we were talking about the common mistakes that new YouTubers make. We went over today. Let's see, what did we go over? Um, we went over how to present your channel to the public, a few of the pitfalls that people often make there, how to properly prepare your videos for release, though I think we really do need to go into that a little bit more in depth, and we will later on. Simple habits for turning your editing into a breeze, and of course the do's and don'ts of promoting. If you have any questions about any of these things, please feel free to leave them in the comments. We will respond to them in the next podcast. Let's see. Down, be down, down below in the comment box down below. Go ahead and post there. Also, let us know what you thought about it. Did you like the format? Do you miss Spen? We don't miss him at all. But if you miss him, let us know and we will absolutely try to reel him back in. And uh, go ahead and like, subscribe, comment, all of that kind of goodness. And we'll see you on part four. Thanks for listening to the New Tubers Podcast. Come back every two weeks for more tips, tricks, and advice on starting, building, and sustaining your YouTube career. Visit us on reddit.com slash r slash newtubers or on YouTube. See you next time!